Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever miss JP2? Pope St. John Paul II. You know, he was such a hero for me and such an inspiration to so many around the world. What I want to do in this week's podcast is take you all the way back to 1978, to the beginning of his pontificate. And I just want you to imagine the shock around the world when it was announced that we have the first non-Italian pope in 455 years. But perhaps even more surprising for me would be his opening words. The first words he gave us in his first homily at his installation mass there in 1978. You know, think about all the things that he could have talked about. It would have made sense to talk about. He could have talked about war and peace. He could have talked about the threat of nuclear war, which is weighing on so many people during the Cold War. He could have talked about poverty. He could have talked about various injustices. He could have talked about the the breakdown of marriage and family that was happening around the world. He could have talked about abortion and the attacks on human life. He could have also talked about many problems within the church, the problems of catechesis and passing on the orthodox doctrines of the faith or the problems in the liturgy, problems in moral theology. So many things he could have talked about, but instead, do you know what he did? He chose to speak to the hearts of modern men and women, to speak right to the heart, to their many fears and anxieties, the fears and anxieties that we're susceptible to, particularly in a secular age. I don't know if you remember those opening words, those famous words, be not afraid, be not afraid, open wide the doors to Jesus Christ, be not afraid. You know, every once in a while, I may come across an old video, maybe on YouTube or something of JP2's voice, and he used this expression many, many times, and you you hear him teaching somewhere. I remember this last year, watching a video of him in Los Angeles. Uh, And he was speaking, I think, to youth. And he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And he said it with such conviction because he was a man that was not afraid. He wasn't afraid of the Nazis. He wasn't afraid of the communists. He wasn't afraid of the evils around the world because he had total confidence in God. Why did he say these words at the beginning of his pontificate? He knew the challenges that the world was facing, that the church was facing, Why did he say, be not afraid? It's because in a secular age, we're always tempted to think we're very independent. You know, in a a secular world, we push God and religion to the side and we think we don't need God. And so we become very self-reliant. Everything's dependent on me. And so what I have to do is I have to manage and control everything. It's because if, if there's no God that has a plan for my life that's caring for me and, and I just have to do everything on my own, I have to manage my career, my family, my finances, everything is dependent on me, my happiness, my security, it's all on me. And that's a lot of pressure. So I have to manage and control every little detail or I'm going to suffer, I'm going to be disappointed, I'm going to be sad, I'm not going to get what I want. And so what happens, uh, particularly in a secular age, is we become like Martha, anxious and worried about many things, the topic we looked at last week. But this is true not just for people that are non-believers out in the secular world. The secular influence gets into the hearts of even us good Christians, people who may 
go to daily mass, people that may have time for prayer or do Bible study or go to Eucharistic adoration or even listen to Catholic podcasts. We could fall into that trap of trying to be self-reliant, of forgetting that we have a good, good father who loves us, who cares for us. No matter what happens, he has a marvelous plan for our lives. Here's my question for you. What's troubling you right now? What burdens are you carrying this week? What are, what are your fears? What are the things you're, you're anxious about, worried about? Is there something you haven't totally put in the hands of God and surrendered and trusted to him? Here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just right now close your eyes. And imagine, imagine JP2 was still alive and you had a chance to go to confession to him or to spiritual direction with him. Well, that'd be amazing. But, but imagine you were able to right now share with him what was troubling you. You're able to share with him that, that thing right now that is, is burdening you, that you're worried about. So I want you to imagine right now you're in spiritual direction, you're in confession, you're talking to St. JP2 and you tell him this trouble you have and picture him looking you in the eye and saying these words, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Open wide the doors to Christ. Those words of JP2 from the very beginning of his pontificate are so important for us in our secular age. And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. We're going to take a look at how, how is it that we fall into the trap of not trusting God and being so afraid? How do we open wide the doors to Christ more in our hearts? How do we practically grow in greater trust in God's providential care for our lives? That's what we're going to look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I'm so excited. I've just come back from the great Steubenville conferences. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those amazing conferences run by Franciscan University of Steubenville. They've been doing these for so many decades and touching so many souls from all over the country. They have conferences for priests, for youth, youth conferences. They've got conferences for deacons. And they, had, in particular, the conference I was at was one that was inspired by Scott Hahn many years ago. I think it was 25 years ago uh, or so. He started the Applied Biblical Studies Conference for those that want to go deeper in scripture to understand the Bible better. So I was there with my good friend Curtis Martin and Scott Hahn was there and, and Mary Healy and many others. And, and then we were at the Defending the Faith Conference with people like Trent Horn, Patrick Madrid, and many others. Um, so just coming back from that, I'm on fire, and I, I know, and we'll be praying for all the participants from all over the country and overseas that that were there at this conference. If you ever get a chance, you should go to a Steubenville conference someday. Um, what we're going to look at today is this topic of how do we really grow in trust? Because according to St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the root causes of our being anxious, being indecisive, not able to just move forward and walk with the Lord peacefully is our lack of trust in God's providence. And, and we all know we could grow in trust, right? We all know there's things we want to, I want to surrender more. I want to trust God's will in my life. But here's the deal. Practically, it's hard. <laughs> what do I do? How do I actually do this? I know I need to grow in trust, but I'm not sure how. I want to talk about five principles, five key things, and there's many others we could do. We could probably do a whole series of podcasts on growing in trust with God, but I'm going to share with you just five points today. First one, when we entrust something to God, when we surrender it to him, when we, we let it go and we, we put it in his hands, Jesus 
doesn't take anything away. I, I think many times we think that if, if I actually put this in God's hands, uh, it, it's not going to be taken care of. And, and I, I somehow think I can take care of it better. And it's because I'm usually, it's because I'm clinging to something and clinging to my plan. I'm clinging to what I want. I don't really trust God. <laughs> it, it reminds me of one of my kids, you know, maybe they have something like they've made something with their Legos and they're playing with it. And I, I, I want, I say, here, give it to dad. Now it's time for to, to clean up. I want you to give that to me and I'll go put it up in your room. And, and they just hold on to it tightly. Maybe they don't want to let go of their little Lego house or they don't want to let go of their doll or whatever it is. And I, I say, no, no, give it to me here. Trust me. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, we're just not going to play with it now. I'm going to take it to your room. You can play with it later today, or you can play with it tomorrow morning. And, and they just hold on tight because they're afraid, they're afraid I might never give it back or something, you know, or afraid I might break it or they might not see it again and they don't want to let go. And that's how we are with God, that we have certain things in our lives that we just don't want to let go and we want to cling on to it because we don't trust our Father, our Father in heaven who knows what's best for us, who knows better than we do what's best for us. It, it, it's so crazy, but we all do this, right? We, we, we cling on to this, this plan or we cling on to this area of my life or a certain relationship or a certain hope. And, and here's the thing. We have to be reminded that whatever we put in the Father's hands is going to be taken care of. It's in very good hands. The Father's hands are very trustworthy. Jesus doesn't take anything away when we put it in his hands. This is a point that Pope Benedict actually made when he became Pope. It's just fascinating. You know, you know how close Ratzinger and JP2 were in friendship and working together. And when Pope Benedict was Ratzinger, and, he, and he, then he was made Pope in his own installation mass, when he found himself in St. Peter's Square being installed as the Pope, he of course thought much of JP2. And in his opening homily, he echoes the theme of JP2's opening homily. So listen to what Pope Benedict says. He, he asks this question as he's remembering those words of JP2, be not afraid, open wide the doors to Christ. Uh, Pope Benedict says, are we not perhaps all afraid in some way if we let Christ enter fully into our lives, if we open ourselves totally to him? Are we not afraid that he might take something away from us? Are we not perhaps afraid to give up something significant, something unique, something that makes life so beautiful? <laughs> Isn't that true? You know, oftentimes I'm worried about entrusting this to God. I'm worried about letting Christ fully in because he, he might mess things up, <laughs> you know, even though he's God and he loves me and he has a marvelous plan for my life. I'm afraid God's going to mess things up. That's ultimately what we're doing here. Pope Bennett goes on and says, no. If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful, and great. Only in this friendship, friendship with Christ, are the doors of life open wide. And then Pope Benedict goes on to say, I say to you, do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away and he gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. That's just so true. We have to remember this truth. Every time we give ourselves to Jesus, we surrender everything. We entrust our entire lives to him. He gives us a hundredfold in return. Pope Bennett goes on to say, do not be afraid of Christ. 
When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open wide the doors to Christ and you will find true life. So that's the first point I want us to remember. Jesus doesn't take anything away. Whatever we entrust to him, whatever we put in his hands, whatever we let go of and surrender to him, he doesn't take it away. He will give us a hundredfold in return. Now, I have to be honest, it, it's it's possible that I entrust, oh, I really want this relationship to work out, and it doesn't work out. But by entrusting it to God, it's in God's hands. So if it doesn't work out, it was because it was part of God's plan. That God is going to bring some good out of this for me. I should have confidence in that, that maybe that relationship wasn't the best thing for me, or maybe it could have been a good relationship, and unfortunately it turned south, but God's going to teach me something from this. Maybe I'm going to learn to to invest better in future relationships, or maybe I'm going to learn another lessons of, of patience you know, with God, or, but I'm going to learn something. If I put it in his hands, it may not all work out the way that I hope, but it works out the way it's supposed to. And that God's going to bring some good from it. That's the point of Pope, of Pope Benedict. Jesus takes nothing away. He's going to give us so much more. It might not be exactly what we're thinking, but it will be better for us than we may have been thinking. The second thing I want to highlight here, and this is a simpler point, whatever we don't surrender to Jesus is only going to stress us out. <laughs> you know, uh, in other words, it, it, whatever area of my life I'm still kind of trying to control and manage myself. I'm, whatever I'm clinging to, whatever hope or dream I have that I'm just clinging to, I think I need this. This is what's going to make me happy. I need this to have my security. I, I have to find my identity in this, whether it's some position, you know, or some kind of praise and acceptance and approval from others or uh, a new possession, uh, or living in a certain city, some kind of success, whatever it is. When when I'm holding on to it and I'm keeping it to myself, that's really stressful. It causes all this worry because I, I'm in charge. I have to manage everything. I have to control everything. And so I'm going to be anxious. And this is exactly what the secular world gets us to do. The secular world is so anxious. But again, we Christians are living in this secular world. And we often forget our, our good father who is guiding us and caring for us. And so we think we need to manage this ourselves, but when we do that, it's so stressful. It only causes more anxiety. We want to surrender and put it into the hands of Jesus. Third point, St. Therese of Lisieux makes this point, but many other saints do as well. But she says, what displeases God the most may not be what we think. We might think what displeases God the most is when I miss time in prayer, or what, what displeases God the most is when I was impatient with the kids or what displeases God the most was when, you know, I said something wrong to a friend and, and those things are wrong and I need to bring them to confession. I need to go apologize to the people I may have hurt, of course, but listen to what St. Therese says. Do you know what she says? What displeases God the most? Can you, can you guess what it is? What displeases God the most is our lack of trust. It's our lack of trust. That's what I think gives God the greatest sorrow. That's the theme of the saints. Again, I think about in, in my own fatherhood here, my kids are going to make mistakes. You know, they're, they're going to disobey. They're going to hit their brother, going to take their toy or whatever. You know, so they're going to they're gonna do things that are wrong and that just happens. It's not good. We got to work on it. Got to call them on it. Discipline them, of course. But I expect that. We're all fallen and kids are growing and they're learning. But it's when they don't trust me 
when they don't trust their father. That's what saddens me the most. Was when I'm I'm trying to tell them, no, you don't want to do this. You do this, you're not it's not gonna go well. <laughs> or, or please don't go, don't do that. And 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 then they do it anyway. Because they don't trust me. And then they find themselves miserable later. <laughs> that that saddens me more. We're all gonna make mistakes. And again, we need to work on those too. But but it's when we don't trust our father. And and I think our Heavenly Father in heaven is is saying to you right now, whatever that thing is that we, in that little opening little reflection I gave you, where you imagine talking to JP2 and sharing, you know, what's, what's weighing you down, what's, what's causing you stress, whatever that thing is, when we don't put it in God's hands, when we're just trying to control it ourselves and manage it ourselves, that's what grieves God so much. I think about what God said to St. Catherine of Siena. Listen to what God said. He He's really sad about these things. He says, why don't you have confidence in me, your creator? Why do you rely on yourself? Am I not faithful and loyal to you? Picture God just looking at you in the eye and that thing you're clinging to right now, that thing you're trying to just control yourself and you know keep all protected. Imagine God just saying to you, why don't you have confidence in me? Why do you rely on yourself? Am I not faithful and loyal to you? Redeemed and restored to grace by virtue of the blood of my only son? Man can then say that he has experienced my fidelity. I mean, I died. I died for you. I sent my son to die for you. Don't you know? I'm trustworthy. <laughs> and nevertheless, he still doubts. It would appear he still doubts that I'm sufficiently powerful enough to help him. Man doubts that I'm sufficiently strong enough to defend him against his enemies, sufficiently wise enough to illuminate his eyes. I don't have sufficient clemency to want to give him whatever is necessary for his, for his salvation. Like, do we really think God's not merciful enough or that God's not strong enough or wise enough or loving enough? <laughs> do we really believe that? Because it seems like that when we don't trust him. This is what displeases God the most, our lack of trust. Or right, so we're looking at ways to grow in trust. And a lot of it has to do with how, how we think about things. And so the first thing is to remember, whatever I surrender to God, he doesn't take anything away. It may not work out exactly the way I hoped, but he's going to take care of it. He's going to manage my life so much better than me. I want to open wide the doors to him. Secondly, whatever I don't surrender to him is going to just cause me stress and worry because I have to control it. I have to you know, manage it all. And it's, it's all up to me. And that's really stressful. It causes anxiety. I'm going to be anxious about everything, anxious about this sickness or anxious about my finances, anxious about are my kids behaving well enough? Am I parenting well? Did I put them in the right school, put them in the right programs? Anxious about this relationship? Did I'm always going to be just so agitated because it's all up to me. Thirdly, we have to remember what displeases God the most isn't just our, our weaknesses and imperfections. It's when we don't trust him, the saints tell us. Fourthly, how do we go after it when we notice that, that fear in our heart. We notice that agitation stirring in our soul, that lack of peace, that anxiety. What do we do? Bring God's word into whatever's troubling us. We should have some scripture verses just memorized because we're in, we're fallen and we're, we're going to have a, lot, a thousand fears every week. You know, there's going to be things that are come up. Oh, what does my boss think of me? Or is this project going to work out? Am I going to meet the deadline? Uh, what about my kids? What about my marriage? There's things that are always going to be troubling us. And that's human, at least fallen human beings. But we want to bring God's word into these fears, into these stresses and anxieties. So maybe have a passage like Psalm 
46 verse 10 just memorized? When you notice that your heart is restless, your soul is anxious, it's agitated, remember Psalm 46 verse 10 and just say, be still, be still and know that I am God. Still calm all those storms in your heart and know that God is there. God is God. I'm not God, but God is God and he can calm whatever storms in my heart. Be still and know that I am God or have Psalm 23 in your head. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Dare really believe that, that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's guiding me. And and if I follow him, I shall not want. I'll never lack. He's always going to protect me, help me, support me. Romans 8.28, I quote that one often. In all things, God works for good in those who love him. So that no matter what's happening right now or what I fear might unfold in the future, do I really believe that in all things, no matter what's happening, that God will work for good in those who love him? Last thing I want to offer you, last fifth point, how we can grow in trust. What do we do when we have those storms of anxiety and stress and worry, the worries and fears rising in our hearts? I'll tell you one thing. I've mentioned this back in May. I'll say it to you again. Entrust it to Mary. I can't tell you, throughout my life, I've often entrusted things to Mary with Hail Marys, but especially the last several years with Memoraries. I'm worried about this thing going on in my work. And so I, I, I pray a Memorari. I'm worried about the health of a, of a good friend. And I, and I offer many Memoraries. Or I'm worried about something going on with one of my kids, and I'll just pray a Memorari. If you don't know that prayer, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Beautiful Miriam prayer. Remember, O most gracious Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. What an awesome prayer of confidence that is. It's never been known that if anything was entrusted to Mary, they would be left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, O virgin of virgins, our mother. To you I come. Before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. I just find it's almost like I'm just taking it. And I'm giving it to mom, you know, just like when I was a little kid and there's something really bothering here, mom, can you help me? And my little kids do this. It's just so funny. You know, they, they fall, they scrape their knee or they're not feeling well, or something doesn't go well at school. They just, they just want to go to mom and mom somehow is going to take care of it. Like they scrape their knee. I'll go help them. I'll hold them, but they still want mom for some reason. And I think Jesus is so wise to have given us his mother as our spiritual mother. And whatever is troubling us, like a little child, we should go with confidence that mom will take care of it. And we know in the theology, it's not Mary's like powers that do it. It's, it's what Mary's doing is she's interceding for us with her loving heart for us, her children, and her close, close relationship with Jesus is the closest disciple to the Lord. She, her prayers are powerful. And I will just speak with great confidence to you that everything I've ever just put in her hands it's taken care of. It really is. Again, it may not be that it works out the way I was hoping, but I, I sense that maybe I, I trust it to her and I just feel relief. Like it's off of my plate, it's on her plate and she's going to pray for it and, it, and God's going to take care of it. And maybe my heart over time starts to change and I realize, you know, I'm a little more detached now. Maybe I don't want what I wanted or Many times I'll just put, Mary, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'll just put this in your hands. So entrust your troubles to Mary, especially with the wonderful prayer of the Memorari. 
So be not afraid. Open wide. Open wide the doors to Christ. Let's go with the confidence of St. John Paul II to, to allow Christ more into our lives, into our hearts, so we can live in his great peace. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, you can always reach me on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. God bless.